Hey homebodies, it's Robin and Molly and we're here to remind you that if you're looking to buy a home or refinance to be sure to check out our platinum sponsor Aaron Schmitz with Epic Mortgage. Aaron is licensed in Minnesota and Wisconsin and is a top lender in the area. You can find his information on our website homeiswherethemurderis.com in all our show notes and on all of our social media platforms. Again, if you're looking for the best in lending, check out Aaron Schmitz with Epic Mortgage. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Robin. And this is... Home is where the murder is. Death. <laughs> murder. <laughs> Spooky season. I have no words. You're just such a weirdo. Yeah. Yes, I am. Oh, But man. yeah, hey, hey, how's it, how's it hanging? Hey, so glad to be back. I want to... Thank everybody for letting us have a week off. Yes, thank you. That's the first time we've taken a week off where we haven't released an episode during the week. We've been like late on releasing an episode during the yeah. week, but we've never not released an episode during the week since we've started. Yeah, really, so right? We needed, I believe we needed a break, and it was funny because I was like, maybe nobody will notice. Y'all noticed. Yeah, <laughs> I was getting so, messages, and I love that that you people <laughs> love our show, and you were like, "Where's the episode?" But we uh, we had our live show last week. Was it last two week? weeks? Two weeks ago. Oh yeah, that's right. Because we took a week, week off. off. Yeah, two Remember? weeks ago. No, oh, God, it all went by <laughs> so fast. But so after the live show, we did some pretty gruesome cases, and yeah. we just needed a little bit of time to decompress from those because they ended up being worse than we thought. Yeah. And you know, and and the live show was a lot of work to put together, and I just it feel was. like we just sometimes every now and then you just need to take a break from true crime so and guess what this isn't all we do no yeah did you know we have jobs we have multiple jobs multiple jobs so we do a lot of things and yeah. we have families they they are yeah we they are those. somewhere somewhere they fit into our schedule but yeah it was yeah so it got to be a little much and we we talked about it and we think that maybe like twice a year we might just have to take a week off it yeah is what it which is. is totally fine so but we're back and lucky for you guys if you didn't make it to our live show you get to hear our cases because yep. we yep. are recording them and that's is those are, what we and are unlucky for you doing. if you were at the live show you get to hear these horrible horrendous we cases again are so sorry here they come <laughs> they but that live show was great it was so much fun thank you to everyone that came out we appreciate everyone showing up um, people that bought tickets beforehand, people that came the night of the show and bought tickets at the door. Uh, we got great feedback. We have ideas for our next one. We are going to do another one. We're figuring out where, times, you yep. know, what we're going to do. So thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. More than you know. Oh so. my gosh. Yeah. And you helped us raise money for our friend Jamie, yes. who is battling cancer. So thank you for that. We got great feedback. I, I know that there was a couple of people that left during my episode but if they when did. you hear when you hear what i'm about this is to a, say yeah i i tell people in the beginning of the live show I said, yeah like, this is a bad one so yeah trigger warning yeah. today for robin oh it's it's the most gruesome thing you're ever going to hear in your entire life this is a hard one it's been a really it's actually affected me a lot i've had a hard time sleeping and it's just unimaginable things and i'm mad at myself that i started researching it but once you start you can't stop. And then I so. wonder about myself because I've been just fine. Yeah, so yeah, apparently yeah. I'm just yeah. weird and twisted and there's something wrong with me. But that's okay. That's okay. I'm okay. We love you anyway. Yeah. So it's so. okay. But yeah, so we were, I got a nice message today from, so every, a lot of, most of you that are listening to our episodes know that my son has a bonus mom. So she's technically a stepmom, but I call her a bonus mom because she is a bonus. She's amazing. Her name is Kimberly. Her mom messaged me today and she's almost caught up on all our episodes, which is crazy because she just learned about our podcast. But great feedback from her today. So shout out to Lisa. Thanks for listening. I love that you're listening. And uh, it's just cool. I, th I think it's really cool. Lisa, you're the best. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So it's, 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 I've never met you, but she's great. Someday. She's great. So, someday. Maybe. I mean, you've met Kimberly, so yes. it's, it's, they're one and the same. Yeah. No, that's just, awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. So yeah, so that's nice to hear. And again, we've been getting great messages from you guys about how much you love our show. And we just, we appreciate it more than you could possibly know. So yep. thank you so much. You're the reason that we keep going at this. So thank you. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. So Molly, I've been getting messages from people that want a weather update. <laughs> how oh, are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great, actually. It, 
Guys, fall is here. Yay! Yay! Except when you have to stand outside for two straight hours for your son's birthday party well, today, this morning. But that's okay. Listen, I asked for it. I asked for it. You right, asked you guys? For this. I sure asked for it. So it's fine. But it, this, listen, we got a lot of rain. Listen. Listen. We got a lot of rain this week, too. It was like perfect, like spooky, kind of like rainy, like gloomy kind of weather. I actually watched Amityville Horror last night, um, like the one with Ryan Reynolds, because I mean, because he's a babe. He is a babe in that movie. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I don't know. You can be crazy. That's fine. Let's live <laughs> together. Let's do this. Let's buy a haunted house. Let's go for it. Um, but it's just been like the perfect weather for like spooky movies, yeah. scary movies, like doing all of that. So the weather, I, I'm loving it. It's, Good. it's that time of year. It's fall. Sh- get your She's, shackets on, everyone. Shut up. Oh, my gosh. Get your shackets on, Robin. <laughs> Robin's ridiculous. like, I don't know what a shacket is. Because it's, I've never heard of it before. Okay, so we've gotten mixed people. Oh, yeah. Like, See, saying, I'm not the only like, one. People are like, I don't know what it is. People are like, I know what it is. So th- you're not the only one. I know. But shackets are a real thing. I guess so. I supported my claim with links you did i I understand that but i also feel good to know that i'm not the only one that's like right i mean i know what it is yeah i just didn't know it had its own name sure does so that's great they are here to stay (laughs) especially in the fall season yeah so So, yeah but yeah so you're doing okay Doing great. Because I haven't seen you in a while either. I know. I took a break from Molly too, apparently. She just is like, <laughs> out of here. No, I've been really busy. Yeah. So work's been busy yeah. and stuff. So, Same. Yeah. Yep. Went on some more dates. Yep. <laughs> it's been fun for her. Oh, my gosh. So do you want to hear what I did on Friday night? Did it involve another water park? No, but it was. it would have definitely led to that sort of a thing because it's it's just funny how I can be... Have a straight and narrow a plan for the weekend, yeah. and it go awry within minutes. Well, I know. I understand yeah. your life completely. I know. That's how it is. So I was on my way to my Dell's house to close it up, and I had two bottles of champagne in my car for my mom's friend, Betsy. So it's almond champagne from Cooper's Hawk. Your it's, favorite. It's so good. And I... Jerrica actually got you some. She did, because everybody, yeah. Because we talked. Yeah, I, yep. yeah, that's... It is so good. If you haven't had it, it's almond sparkling wine from Cooper's Hawk, it is the most delicious thing in the entire world. I go out and get it. Just, oh, God, it's so good. Anyway, so I had two bottles of that in the car. And Betsy has become obsessed with it now. So I had to bring some to her because she was on her way back to New Mexico where she lives. So I had to hurry up from Milwaukee, get to the Dells. In the meantime, I had to stop in Middleton to drop off those bottles. So I call my mom. I'm like, where are you at? And she's like, oh, we're at this bar. Come meet us at this bar, whatever. It's Jamie's birthday. Now, Jamie works at my mom's dealership. So Middleton Ford, going to give him a quick plug there. Hey, because, maybe they want to sponsor us. Yeah, right? Middleton oh. Ford is the bee's knees. If you got to buy a car, go to Middleton, Wisconsin and buy a car from Middleton Ford because they are a family of fun people. It's just yep. awesome. So my whole family works there and we I've gotten to know everybody there really well. So Jamie is one of the salesmen there and his wife Trina is the greatest human being I've ever met. I mean, she's just fun, kind, caring, just, I mean, I love her. And and the fact that and the two of them together, pure perfection. Yeah. So I was really excited. I'm like, oh, it's Jamie's birthday. I'll come by and have a drink real quick. I will have a beer. Yeah. And then I need to get to the and Dells and get my house. Yep. And then I got to go. Yep. Plans. You got you got your plans. So I get there and I leave the bottles in my car because I'm not taking them in because I don't know if they're even there yet, whatever. And I walk in and I see all the Middleton Ford people. Great. Okay. So I'm talking to everybody. I'm having a beer. Trina realizes I'm there and she's like, oh my God. Like, you're here. I was like, yeah, I kind of crashed the party. And she's like, oh, well, I have a limo coming. I was like, oh, no, I have to go. Oh. I have to go. I got Different stuff kind of stop than I was thinking. Exactly. I'm like, I cannot go out. I'm like, oh, listen, I'll but I meet you guys at the next bar. I'll drive separately. And she's like, no. She's like, you're getting in the limo. I'm like, damn it. So first person in the limo. Twist her arm. <laughs> first person. Damn it. Okay. Yep, so I get in the limo. And sitting right next to me is this extremely tall guy. He's got to be like seven feet tall. It was actually kind of comical to watch him get into the limo. And he's very young or whatever. And he kind of looks like Jeffrey Dahmer. Always a good thing, right? For no. me, it is. Well, I mean, I love yeah. I love my true crime. And I'm looking at him I mean, like, I mean, any other reasonable person on earth would have looked at him and probably just said, oh, he looks like a nice guy. But because I'm crazy, I was like, oh, yeah. he looks like Dahmer. Anyway, so I realized that this is the same guy that my mom tried to hook me up with last winter. Now, hook me up with, like, as in go on a date with. So, yeah. Anyway, so by the second bar, him and I were talking, and that kind of came out. I was like, I think my mom wanted us to go on a date once. And he's like, oh, she did. 
He's like, and I still do. Would you like to go out sometimes? Like, I'll take you to dinner or something. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I love a dinner. I do. I, I'm like, and it's like my big pet peeve is like, I want a guy that actually takes me out on a date. Yeah. And, you know? And so I was like, yeah. So I gave him my number or whatever. And then we continue to drink on for the night. And we're going to, to all these different bars or whatever. And we're getting drunk. And it's not even just him, but we're all getting drunk. Okay. It's happening. So he kisses me at Riley Tavern. That's a very romantic spot. Riley not Tavern a, not is aware. a small bar owned no, by a friend of ours. It's a great bar. We great bar it. in the middle of nowhere. And he kisses me at Riley Tavern. I was like, great. I, I'm like, if this turns into something, we just had our first kiss at fucking Riley Tavern. Great. Yay. Yeah. I don't know what happened there, but the floodgates for him opened and he could not stop kissing me. And it was so awkward because I'm like... Just sitting there, I'm like, I, stop doing this. This is fucking weird. It's not, it's your not boss your... is here. My mom and my dad are here. Like, stop doing this. Like, I'm super fucking awkward. And like, you know those moments of like, all of a sudden you've been drinking and then something happens and you sober up real quick? Yeah. I was at that point. I'm like, I just need to get the hell out of here. You're like, and that's my cue. Yeah. So he ends up, we go back to the bar where my car is at and everything. And my dad and my mom put a sting together. They take, or he goes into the bathroom and they, Betsy stands in front of the door like a bouncer, not letting him out of the bathroom, not letting anyone into the bathroom. Meanwhile, they shuffle me out the back door to my car and then I drive away. And I feel so bad because this guy was macking on me, trying to get me to go back to his apartment. And I was like, listen, what happened to dinner? What happened to dinner? Dinner's gone. Mm Mm-hmm. Dinner didn't, didn't, you skipped dinner. So I'm, I'm like, so I text him and I was like, listen, we can talk in the morning, but tonight is over. We're done. Yeah. I guess he's mad about that. And I, I said I was sorry, but like, then I find out my mom's like, yeah, well, he's just a really nice guy and he's embarrassed. I said, well, he shouldn't be. That's no, that's ridiculous. Like, like he, he well, it's was, fine. Yeah. But then my sister goes, oh no, no, he just wants a piece of ass and you didn't put out. Your sister gave it to you straight. I mean, she didn't say it like, like that, but... Allison's like, listen, yeah, this she, is actually what's going she, on. Your mom's like, oh, no. <laughs> Allison's like, hell yeah. no, no. He just wanted so to get it was, Yeah, and it didn't right. Happen. And she was like very nice about it, though. Allison's like, he just wants to be, you know, friends with like parentheses, or what is it, quotations? Uh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's not happening. So I'm a little disappointed in the way that went, but it also makes me laugh because I'm like, I should have just never gotten in that damn limo. If you would have just kept on, just kept on going, kept on going with. But that no, I ended up having night. a Friday night. You sure had a Friday night. So yeah, it was just so that, and then like, I'm just over the dating scene at this point. Like, it and then just sounds exhausting. It's different than my Friday night. Yeah. I started the Goosebump series with my family. See, and that's what I want to do. I want to find a guy <laughs> that will make me dinner and we'll watch Goosebumps together. That's what I. Well, where I mean, is he? Yeah. So it's just so frustrating, but. So that's, but you buy your car from Middleton Ford, everybody. He's a great Moral salesman. Moral of the story. <laughs> Go see him. He's the tallest. Tallest guy. Tallest 20-some-year-old Tell there. him he made a huge mistake by not taking me out for dinner. And, and that Robin's still hungry. I am. And she would like some I'm, Olive Garden. Oh, I love Olive Garden. I know you do. Yeah. So. That's what you want. But yeah, so that's. That's the update on my dating life for those of you that hung in there for that story. But <laughs> I mean, it's never a dull moment. It really isn't. I'm uh, going to be alone forever, but at least I'm going to have a good story. <laughs> no, you won't be alone forever. Oh, no, I'm never alone. No, you're never alone. But I just don't think I'm going to ever find a relationship that, well, my issue too is like, if he just wants a hookup, it's not going to happen. Right. I, I am 37 years old. I have enough respect for myself. Now, granted, the guy in Indiana was a... He, I, I, he is like hard, like that's a hard example because he's I, in, in Indiana. He's four hours from me. Well, and also like you went there going uh, yeah. for a reason. And I, it, the thing is too about him, out of all the guys I've dated, that is the most man, that is the, the uh, man. Like he has got a job and successful. Well, he's and he's older. A, right. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like there's all these dudes that I'm going on dates with that just are looking for a hookup. Like, yeah. no. And it's funny because the one guy that actually was a gentleman to me yeah. lives four hours away. Of course. And he's in a biker gang. <laughs> There's that. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. But so, yeah, that was. Wow. We got way off topic. Sorry. What? This isn't part of the story? No, but <laughs> it's a good cleanser for what I'm about right. to tell you. So that that was fun. This won't be. This is. OK, so we are going to get into the story now because it is kind of long and I don't should not keep ch- ch- chatting. 
So trigger warning. The, I'm going to give it to you. There is nothing about this case that is good. It is, there is animal cruelty. There is horrible things that happen to children. Horrible things that happen to women. Just everything about it is the most awful thing in the entire world. So if, I would, I just, please skip this episode if you can't do it. I don't care about the ratings. I don't care about anything. But I'm telling you right now, if you listen to this and you get mad at me and you give us a bad review because I told this story, I'm going to be pissed off because I'm warning you right now, it is the worst thing you're ever going to hear in your life, okay? It's a bad one. It's a bad one, okay? There's not going to be a lot of, um, it's hard to have humorous banter. There's not going to be too. a lot of humorous banter. And I... For the live show, we we did it because it's what we were doing it's hard yeah it's hard and we we got good feedback on how we handled it because we did bring a little bit of humor into it but it's hard um but i also had like four cosmopolitans in my system right and uh i but my problem is is that it talks about a lot of things that i find disgusting so i hope that i can get through it a little bit better now that i don't have four cosmos in my system so but but just just know this is a hard one it's so. so gross yes so and it starts off right away real bad. So just hang on to your butts because we're discussing the vampire of Sacramento. So already you know. Not good. Yeah. Okay. Richard Trenton Chase was born on May 23rd, 1950. I have to move. I have to do it this way. Sorry. Yeah. Um, in Sacramento, California. His parents were abusive right from the get-go and his mother was battling many types of mental illness that she would often see many psychiatrists at once. By the age of five, Richard had begun showing signs of the McDonald Triad. The McDonald Triad is also known as the Homicidal Triad, and it links cruelty to animals, obsession with fire setting, and persistent bedwetting past the age of five to violent behaviors, particularly homicidal behaviors and sexually predatory behaviors. By age 10, Richard had tortured and killed many animals, mostly cats, and he was setting things on fire daily. By this time, he was also known as a heavy drug user and would drink alcohol regularly. Regularly. That's the second time. During the live show, I did the same thing. Yeah. I can't say regularly. I think it's my Wisconsin accent. Yeah. Anyway. So there, I screwed that up again. So at 10 years old, he's doing all this shit. Right. Setting things on fire, um, killing animals. And it's hard to understand that because I have a 10-year-old who wouldn't kill a fly. So. Yeah. Like, it's just shocking to me that this poor child was that disturbed at that age. Right. So these actions would continue throughout his teen years. At the age of 13, the family lost their home to financial problems. And Richard also began high school at Mira Loma in Sacramento. When he was a sophomore, he was arrested for marijuana possession, and the judge ordered him to get a weekend job. You know, be a man, contribute to the society, that kind of thing. He would struggle in school, only getting C's and D's throughout his four years, but he would go on to graduate and actually attend college as well. Now, I couldn't find where he went to college, but I just heard from other podcasters that he was in college at some point, which they were shocked by because of his grades being so bad, but... I mean, this was back in the 70s, so. It was the 70s. Yeah, the 70s, I tell you. Um, so he actually had a grade point average of a C in college. So he was actually doing better in college than he was in high school. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah. So even though he was doing better in college, grade-wise, his mental health began to get worse. While in school, he began seeing a psychologist for an erectile dysfunction. Since he was so young, the doctors thought it was because of suppressed anger that he was having troubles in the bedroom. And maybe just a little bit of mental illness was playing a factor. Yeah. It was during these meetings that doctors would realize what an intense hypochondriac Richard Chase was. As Richard Chase got older, he began to show signs of some very odd beliefs. For example, he believed he could absorb vitamin C by rubbing oranges on his head. I just love the idea of the sight of that. Is that not the greatest thing? Just like <laughs> no. Well, I have a up. question for you. I when think you would cut them up. Cut them up. Okay. I was gonna say. I'm like, do you keep you them? Gotta whole get the juice. The ju- it's the juice. Yeah. It's got to be the juice. The peel doesn't have it. It's the juice. It's the juice. Okay. It's the juice. So he also believed that someone had stolen his pulmonary artery, thus making his heart stop beating at times. 
Okay. He also believed that the bones in his skull moved, so he shaved his head so he could watch it happen. <laughs> just I can't. These are such weird. It's so far out there. I, I just wonder how he came up with these yeah. ideas well, and these beliefs. Too. And like my thing too is like the mental picture of him sitting in front of a mirror. Yeah. Staring at just what like he thinks, thinks he sees. Well, I mean, you know, if you stare and look at something long enough, you start to, be, you know, see things yeah. too for sure. Oh, yeah. So he's definitely thinking that he's seeing what he's thinking he's seeing. But you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but I like the way you said that. Right, you know what he's, I mean? Like he's, he's like, oh yeah, he's thinking he's seen what he thinks he sees. Well, right, like he's <laughs> thinking about it, so yeah. he's thinking he's seeing it because he's thinking it. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, the 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 day in the mind of Richard Chase was some real fucked up shit. So, oh yeah. Um, in nineteen seventy one, Richard moved into an apartment with friends because he thought his mother was trying to poison him. Now, I can't say this wasn't true because reports show that she was abusive and clearly unhinged. So she very well might have been trying to poison him or he was just nuts. It's really hard to say. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. So he's about 21 years old at this point and he's no longer going to college classes. Now, this may come as a shock, but Richard was not the best roommate. Nope. His friends said that he was always in a state of intoxication and would often be just waltzing around the house, butt naked. I don't do that. No. I'm respectful of your home. I nope. keep my clothes on. I don't do that in my own home. <laughs> Good, because I, you never know when I'm just going to walk well, in the door. Right. And I actually thought about that today when I just randomly showed up at your house after, what, two weeks of not being there? Yeah. And I w- opened the garage door. I walked in. I'm like, those these boys better not be naked or something. You never like, know. I was like, and I it, they weren't. Everyone. No. But it was funny. They all were like, oh, Hi. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, he would also board up all the doors, including like his closet doors, his door, other people's doors. He's just keeping out who knows what. Um, he they, they would say that he was paranoid about something getting him. So I don't know. Yeah. They eventually told him that he had to move out, uh, but he refused. Not willing to tolerate his behavior any longer, the friends ended up leaving instead. So yeah. Like, all right. Alrighty, well, if you're let's not going to go. Let's just all get out of here. Exactly. So once Richard was le- living uh, alone, he began to indulge in his secret temptations and fantasies. Some of these activities included... Okay. So this is where it gets bad, okay? So if you're drinking... Uh, up to now, it's just been a little weird. Yeah, if you're drinking, stop. I don't need you to spit it out. If you're driving, stay focused. <clears throat> See, I don't even want to say it. I hate this so much. Okay. He would catch animals, kill them, and then disembowel them. It is also reported that sometimes he would eat the dead animal raw. It is... Oh, God. It is also reported that sometimes he would put the dead animal in a blender with some Coca-Cola and drink it. Yep. Yuck. So gross. I hate this so much. Such a weird. That is the worst thing. I I just, how he arrived at that. I don't even know. I don't know. Later, when asked why the fuck he would do this, he stated that he thought the dead animals would keep his heart from shrinking. Again, what? Luckily, the freedom to do all these activities would be cut short, and later in 1971, he would have to move back home due to not being able to pay the rent in the apartment because... Because he's doing nothing. Because he's doing nothing but drinking dead animals. Yeah. Ugh. In 1973, he attended a party of a friend. And I know what you're thinking right now. How does this guy have any friends? But he does. Somehow. Somehow. He attends this party and he sexually assaults a woman while there. The hosts make him leave. But he comes back and the police are called while he's being... Oh, I'm sorry. So the police are called and he gets escorted out of the house. While he's being escorted out, a 22 caliber gun falls out of his pants. He gets taken to jail and his father eventually bails him out. In May of that year, he moves to L.A. to live with his grandma. He is constantly complaining of the many heart and head injuries he has, and clearly his mental illness is not being addressed. Uh, so the grandma grows tired of his complaining and his antics, and after a couple months, she sends him back to Sacramento. It's it's bad when grandma I kicks mean, you out. 
your sweet grandma who's supposed to yeah. like love you like oh yeah it's my grandson yep she's like get out get yeah. out of here it's like Dahmer. go home yep yeah Gra- Dahmer's grandma kicked him out too um so he's in and out of the doctor's office with the complaints that his ha- heart and his head are hurting but nothing is being done about his mental illness they can't find anything wrong with him uh but one doctor in december of 1973 uh, realizes that he is a neuro- neurologist. He's like, there's definitely some psychi- psychiatric issues here. And he actually uh, gets admitted to the mental hospital. So while he's there, he is in the psych ward. And um, he's told staff numerous times that someone had stolen his pulmonary artery. So he's just solidifying the fact that he should be locked up. Right. Um, but because his mom is a pile of shit, she eventually checks him out of the mental hospital and makes him move back home with her. Oh, it sounds great. Right, right. Sounds great. Good idea. in 1975, at the age of 25, Richard's father caught Richard injecting rabbit's blood into his veins. Yep, went right there. Yeah. Went right into that. Just a real, just, why not? Yep, so that's fucking gross. Um, And obviously they sent him back to the nut house. Yep. Because, you know what? Shouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't long before he was giving the hospital staff something to talk about. One day, the staff noticed he had blood around his mouth. After some investigating, it was found that he was catching birds, killing them, and then drinking their blood. Oh, God, gross. They're like, um, buddy, what what you got around your mouth? Yeah. Hey, hey, guy. The mental images of this case are what haunt my dreams. Yeah. Um, he also apparently got his paws on a syringe, and he took blood from a therapy dog and injected the blood into his veins to help cope with his drug and alcohol addiction. Yep. That'll do it. That'll do it. There were also reports that he would smear his feces all over his room as well on as himself. Yep. That's going to help uh-huh. with things. Something. That does something. <laughs> At this point, everyone in the hospital is referring to him as Dracula, and apparently just know that this is what he does. And they just accept it. Oh, that guy? He just does that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, it's just what? silly. Silly like that. So from what I've read and heard, there was a lack of concern by the people. And they just accepted that he drank blood. Yeah. And they just went about their days. Yeah. So that's cool. Way to go. All of what I just said happened in one year at the mental hospital. Okay. He is clearly nuts. And he should obviously spend the rest of his life in a mental institution. Now, I'm no doctor, but everything I've read to you tells me that this guy is a huge danger to society. Right. Okay. Agreed. But there was no common sense in the 70s. It was the 70s. Yeah. So instead, the doctors diagnosed him with paranoid schizophrenia and released him to his mother's care. Like, you know what? Good luck out there. Yep. So they figured that since they diagnosed the problem and had him on medication, that he was no longer a threat. Yeah. Okay. He was sent to live with his mother. um, And while in her care one day, he got into an argument with her and he slapped her across the face and knocked her to the floor. So he's he's growing more violent, even on his medication. Mm -hmm. He's become obsessed with guns at this point and... The Hillside Strangler, which was going on at the time that all of this was happening. So he's obsessed with guns, obsessed with the Hillside Strangler. He's clearly nuts. Yeah. So throughout 1976, he began stealing his neighbor's pets, killing them. And then he would call the neighbors and talk about how he killed their pets and drank the blood and harassed them for it. His mother eventually moves him into another apartment because she can't control his insanity. So she pays to put him in another apartment on his own. So she's a dumb shit. Yeah. That doesn't stop him from coming to visit, though. So one day he showed up at the house with a dead cat in his hands. Okay. He shoved the dead cat in his mother's face. He then threw it on the floor and ripped open the cat with his bare hands. Mm. He began to smear the blood all over himself. All while ranting and raving like a complete lunatic. And you know what his mom did? Made him some dinner. She just went about her damn day like it was nothing else. <laughs> yep. Just, oh. Can you even? Stop <laughs> Stop being so silly, honey. Oh, whose cat was that, buddy? Was uh, it sick? 
Are you pretending to be a doctor? <laughs> you have the fun, funnest games. Yeah. On. Oh, jeez, um, buddy. Thanks for coming over. Yeah. Fuck. So, I love your visits. <laughs> what psychopath? Uh, All right. So in the summer of 1977, so we're about a year later again, his mother gives him money to get a car and go on a trip to Washington. She should really just stop, but she's the worst. She's too. just the biggest of all enablers I've ever yeah. met in my life right there. So while he doesn't actually make it to his destination of Washington, and I don't even know why he's going to Washington, but just he, is. Mo- he loves the monuments. So he instead he's found on a reservation in Pyramid Lake, Nevada. He was naked and covered in blood from head to toe, including around his mouth. His car had a bucket of blood in it and a bunch of guns. Can you imagine being the law enforcement officers that came across this site? Be like, I'm not paid enough? Nope. No. So he told police that the blood in the bucket, this part cracks me up, was his and it had been leaking out of him. Just putting that back later. I'm just Just saving it. So fucked up. Um, So he was arrested and it was discovered that the blood belonged to a cow. Even though he had killed a cow and was drinking its blood, the police let him go because the district attorney didn't want to press charges against him. They could have gotten him on cruelty to animals, indecent exposure, weapons charges. But instead, because no one wanted to deal with him because he was that far gone they just let him out and so was, that he was no it, longer their problem it was the 70s yeah just it's that part of it too it's unreal yeah so out and about and clearly becoming more crazy on december 29th 1977 richard chase decided it was time to up his game ambrose griffin he was 51 years old and his wife had just returned from the grocery store and were unloading the trunk of their car They had both gone inside to drop off a load of groceries, and when Ambrose walked out of the front door, he immediately fell to the ground. Yeah, I'm using paper today, so I'm sure you guys can hear that in the background, but... Old school. Old school today. His wife heard two shots, but wasn't sure what to think of them. That was until she saw her husband lying on the ground. He had been shot with a twenty-two caliber gun and died from his injuries. When detectives began to investigate the murder, they found that a boy in the area had also been shot at, but not hit. Also, a woman reported a shot fired into her home days prior, and police were able to determine that the gun used in that shooting and the murder were the same weapon. Unfortunately, there weren't any solid leads to go on. Ambrose was the Sacramento manager of the Bureau of Land Management Survey Section and was killed in front of his home that he shared with his wife, Carol. The address was 3734 Robertson Avenue in Sacramento, California. It's a very nice ranch home that has three bedrooms and three and a half baths. It's 2,700 square feet and has a two and a half attached garage. The sales history shows that the property was sold 11 months after Ambrose was killed for $84,500. It is now valued around $700,000. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great, given the fact that someone was murdered out front, but it also is really sad because you know that Carol probably just could not live in that home anymore. Right. And this poor guy, who's obviously a top-notch human being, lost his life for absolutely no reason. Yep. And it's just, I, I just think that's awful. So. Now, with one kill under his belt, in case you didn't catch on, Richard Chase did that. They yep. don't know that at the time, but he did it. Richard Chase began looking for another victim. Two weeks after killing Ambrose Griffin, he zeroed in on an elderly woman. When he went up to her front door, it was was locked, so he left. Now, this part's important, okay? His mindset was, if the door was locked, he was not welcome. But if it was unlocked, he was more than welcome inside. So, kind of like a vampire. So, vampires have to be invited into the home. Right. So, even though they weren't exactly welcoming him in, yeah. If the door's unlocked, it's almost like he's exactly. welcomed in. Yep. Yep. The next home he tried belonged to a young couple, but they were not there when he tried the door. However, it was unlocked, so he made himself right at home. He rummaged through their belongings, urinated on their infant's child clothing. Oh, and he took a poo right on their child's bed. Just so random. 
He was interrupted when the family came home, and luckily they scared him, and he took off. So they were okay, but really fucked up. So, but what a weird situation well, to come home to. Yeah, it is. And like, if I were breaking into someone's home, I'm not sure I would. You poop? Would you poop? <laughs> like, I mean, in a toilet, if I had. Yeah, to poop. I know, but like, that's odd, right? Like, right. Like your bowel movements are like, oh, we're in someone else's home. Let's get excited. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. No. I don't it's know. a very yes. That's a weird one. Yeah. So weird. So now this is where things get really bad. So again, if you have a weak stomach, I suggest just don't even, I'm not even telling you to to skip ahead. Because it doesn't get better. Because it gets so much worse as I go on. So you can bow out gracefully now and we won't be mad at you. But what I'm about to say is really fucking bad. And I'm sorry. But I didn't do it. I mean, I should not have done this case, but whatever. It had to be done. Here we go. I'm just, you can tell that I don't want to say it because like, I'm just randomly Stalling. talking. Yep. Okay. So um, let's talk about what Richard Chase did on January 23rd, 1978. Richard came home. I'm sorry. Richard came home. He came across the home of Teresa Wallen located at 2630 Tioga Way in Sacramento, California. Teresa shared the home with her husband, David, who was a sales executive at a linen company. On this particular day, he was traveling to Lake Tahoe, which was about 250 miles round trip. He kissed his 22-year-old wife goodbye, like he always did, but at the time, he didn't know that it would be the last kiss he ever gave her. When David returned home from work just after 6 p.m., he found the home in complete darkness. The stereo was playing, and there was a garbage bag full of garbage just sitting in the hallway. Their German shepherd was sitting inside, but Teresa was nowhere to be found. He began to walk the hallway and he noticed dark stains on the carpet, which he thought was oil. Extremely confused by what he was seeing, David continued to make his way through the house to their bedroom. That's when David let out a horrifying scream. On the floor of their bedroom was Teresa's dead body. His screams were so loud that neighbors came rushing over. Now, it wasn't just that his wife was dead. It was the manner that she was killed that adds to the horrifying scene. At some point during the day, Teresa was heading outside to take the garbage out. That's when Richard Chase pulled a 22 caliber gun on her and ordered her back inside. She dropped the garbage bag and put her hands in the air. Fully cooperating, Richard shot Teresa in the hand, the neck, and head. He then knelt over her dead body and shot her one final time in the temple. He then dragged her body to the bedroom, leaving a trail of blood in the hallway. Richard Richard then raped Teresa's dead body, went to the kitchen, and grabbed a knife, and he began to stab her over and over again while he was raping her. Yeah. He then carved open her torso and began to remove her organs. He then took a bucket and filled it with her blood. He proceeded to the bathroom with that bucket and bathed himself in the blood and smeared it all over the walls. He then came back to Teresa's body, cut off one of her nipples, and then drank her blood from an old yogurt container. Before leaving, he went outside, collected dog feces from the yard. His final attack on Teresa was shoving the dog feces into her mouth and her throat. Yeah. It gets worse. Teresa was three months pregnant with her and David's first child, a boy who they planned to name Dane. So awful. Let's just take a moment. I'm just going to. That was. Yeah. That's one of the worst things I've ever said in my entire life. And I've had to say it twice. Yeah. So it's awful. Yeah. So if you're still with me. <laughs> yeah. No one else is. Everyone's like bowing out. They're like, all There's right, Robin. No one that listens to this we'll episode. Listen, we'll listen to you next week. Yeah. Well, I just realized this is on and it should not be by my mic. You know, because it's. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Technical difficulties over here. I'm good. Robin's composing herself yeah. again. It's. I'm sweating. Yeah. Like I'm really warm right now because it just it's, is. The, it's, it's a really. Mm-hmm. I mean. All murder is hard. Yeah, but, but I mean, hearing that kind of gruesome stuff. Is the really only, difficult. and I, I said this at the live show, the only thing that I can say of some comfort 
is that she was dead right away. Mm-hmm. And that he didn't torture her and do these things to her while she was alive. That's the only thing. That is the only good thing that can come from this. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of time to comprehend what happened to Teresa because only four days later, Richard Chase would strike again. On January 27th, 1978, Richard entered the home of 38-year-old Evelyn Myroth and her friend Don Meredith, who was 52. Now, Don was there in the house. He's a neighbor. And so he was over because Evelyn was watching her nephew, who was 22 months old, and her son, who was six years old. Now, during the live show, I did not mention the children because that was an agreement we had. where We were not going to do any child murders. So I'm going to I'm going to mention it here. So just it might not flow very well because it's not in my story. I just know it. And I have bits and pieces on my phone about it. So. So there was, again, in the home, Evelyn Myroth, she's 38, Don Meredith, who's 52, her uh, 22-year-old nephew, or 22-month-old nephew, so just a baby, and her six-year-old son, who uh, his name was Jason, okay? It looked as though Don was shot immediately when Richard Chase zeroed in on the home, and he just walked right in. So right away... Uh, Don is taken out. Now, Don had been over to watch the boys because Evelyn was going to take a quick bath. So Don's in the living room and Evelyn's in the bathroom, okay? And the kids are just around the living room. So Don's killed immediately with a shot to the head. He's left untouched, okay? That's the only thing that happens to him. Um, Jason, the six-year-old boy, is also shot, okay? Shot in the head, dies immediately. Okay, I will get into what happens to the 22-month-old, 22-month-old, oh my God, I hate this so much, 22-month-old child in a little bit. So Evelyn is in the bathtub, and she is immediately shot shot in the head and killed, but then Richard mutilated her body with a knife. He slit her throat and then cut open her torso, removing her organs. He then raped her dead body and sodomized her many times, including with the knife. Reports also show that he ate some of her as well. Richard was interrupted when a neighbor knocked on the door. A child neighbor, by the way. Witnessing Richard leave in Don's car, the child neighbor goes home, tells her parents what she saw, and they report it to the police. Obviously, the scene was horrifying for police, but luckily Richard left a lot of evidence behind including a full handprint and shoe print in the blood. So when police get there, they see Don, they see Jason, the six-year-old boy, and they see um, Evelyn, completely mutilated. But the nephew is gone, okay? So the little boy, the 22-month-old, is taken, and Richard Chase takes him with him, okay? So we don't know where he is, right? Takes the little boy. So... Fast forward to the fact that there's a ton of evidence at the house, okay? When Richard was tracked down to his apartment, police said the entire apartment was covered in blood. And they noted that all of his eating utensils were also covered in blood, leading them to discover that he had been taking parts of his victims home and eating them, okay? They do not find the the toddler, okay? That you're still missing him. And his name is Daniel. No, not Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. No, Dan was the other guy. Don. What is <laughs> Michael. Michael is his name. Sorry. Okay. So I apologize to everybody. I don't have this in my notes because I was not talking about it. So it's all like kind of in my memory and a little bit here. So anyway, so it's a little bit hard to follow. So they're still looking for the 22-month-old little boy named Michael. Um, they're at his apartment. They are completely horrified. They don't, but they still don't know where the, the little boy is, Okay. So what I will tell you, though, is he does get arrested for this. Now, they do end up finding the little boy. They find him in a wooded area, and he had been decapitated. Okay? That's all I want to say about that. So anyway, 1979 comes along, and Richard Chase goes on trial for murder. You're so quiet. I know. And I just feel really bad. Well, I don't there. I, I told you like I would get quiet I when know, I got to that I part. Know, There's a hard to have a lot of banter and stuff. Like I know. This. And I like I'm sweating, Molly. Like, you look warm. I am like I'm over here, you guys. And I'm the sweat is like actually like 
I can feel it coming down my face. Like, I know. There's a hard for me to have a lot of banter with I know. this. I'm just listening. I just was making sure you're okay. Are you I okay? Am. I'm okay. listening. Okay. I told you I'm weird. I know. I just like just kids. Listening. You know, we have kids and it's I know. just like awful. I'm good. So, I'm good. Okay. All right. Good. Molly's good. Are you guys good? <laughs> Everyone's like, no. We're not. Shut the fuck up. This is the worst. Yeah. It so, is the worst. All right. So we're up to 1979. Richard Chase went on trial for the six murders. Okay. So he's murdered four adults and two kids at this point. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes on trial for four months. Now, they actually ended up having to move locations, too, because of the severity of the crimes and how popular this all became. So they moved the, the trial. And during this time, David is... So Teresa's husband, so the first woman victim... Her husband goes, drives to this location every single day for the trial, okay? He does not miss a single day of of the hearing. He goes on to say that he is guarded by at least five police officers daily because they knew very well if he got a chance, David was going to go after Richard. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Now, you would think that because of Richard's mental state that he would have pled uh, plead, was it pled or plead? Plead. He would plead insanity. Plead insanity. Why do I always want to say pled? Yeah. Back past tense? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Anyway, so everyone expected him to plead insanity. Well, he denied that he was insane, and he went on trial for the murders as a sane person. He was found guilty on all six counts and was sentenced to death in the gas chamber. Now, you want to hear some bullshit? Absolutely. Okay. So one day in court, Richard's mother, the crazy bitch, the crazy enabling bitch. The worst. Had the nerve to turn to David, who is Teresa's husband, and say to him, why didn't your dog protect you? David immediately fired back with, why didn't you protect us? You raised that fucker. You raised that. She's the worst. Oh, my God. Can you even imagine? No. Oh, I believe his response was a lot nicer than what I would have said. But a woman, woman would have been punched. In can the you face. believe that? Why didn't your dog protect you? What was your crazy ass son doing in their home? Yeah. Oh. Anyway, so David did go on to eventually remarry and had a daughter, but his severe PTSD of what happened led to a lot of disruptions in his life. Yeah. He went on to become a baseball coach and used that to help fight the demons he battled since Teresa's murder. Yeah. And I put that in there because he found his, he found his wife like that. That's awful. And so yeah. I was always curious if he turned out okay. And he seems to be doing all right. He's got a beautiful daughter. So Richard Chase would never make it to the gas chamber. Because on December 26, 1980, he was found dead of a drug overdose in his cell. Apparently, the other inmates had been encouraging him to kill himself because he was so fucked up. Yeah. So over time, he had gathered enough of his medication to take it all at once, and he killed himself. Good. Good riddance, Richard Either way, just get out of here. Exactly. So that's the story of Richard Chase. I do have some house information for you guys. A little bit lighter, you know, on the house and on the real estate stuff. So the real estate side of things. So the home where Teresa Wallen was killed was at 2630 Tioga Way in Sacramento, California. Now, this address no longer exists. The home was either torn down or the number was eliminated or they changed the address completely of the home. So unfortunately, I don't have any information on this home. I already um, I did uh, reach out to a realtor in the area to see if she could track some information down. So if I do get anything, I'll give you guys an update. Yeah. Um, so we did already talk about uh, where Ambrose lived. So we're not going to talk about that again. So uh, Don Meredith and Evelyn Mytoth, they were killed at 3207 Marywood Drive in Sacramento, California. This is a beautiful California ranch with stucco siding and a two-car two attached garage. It's a two-bedroom, two-bath, 1,400-square-foot um, home. And the interesting thing about this home was that it was sold um, on October 1st, 1979, which was 15 months after the murders. It sold for $56,000. It's now worth $427,000. And it's never been sold since. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, And the apartment where Richard Chase was arrested was located at 2928 Watt Avenue in Sacramento. This is the Country Club Apartments. 
they are still there. Such and a nice sounding name. It is, yeah. But it's not a nice place no, where he, n- no. No. Um, and his old unit rents out for over 1300 a month. And yeah, that's the. I wonder if people know that it's his. I mean, I'm sure they do. I don't know. Like, I, can you imagine? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't want to know. I mean, he was eating people in that house and smearing things Which, in the walls. It's funny. It's not funny. But when Dahmer's thing came to light, you know, they tore down that entire yeah. building. They're like, yeah. So I'm kind of surprised that similar situation. Yeah. But I guess maybe it didn't get to that level because he right. wasn't taking his victims to his apartment and killing them there right. necessarily. So, well, maybe. Um, and one thing too to mention the Michael, the little boy that was unfortunately killed as well. They were never able to actually find his cause of death because of based off when they found him yeah. uh so so we can only hope that he was killed before he was any torture happened yeah. to him so but it kind of seemed like, like that's his mo did, yeah he, go get in and kill him and and then yeah. do what you want to do yeah so it's just it's just very sad that he took children yeah. i mean it's just sad in general but like come on and but you he, wonder if the children were just because they were there oh 100 you know what i mean yeah I don't think he cared who it was no. necessarily. So and unfor- honestly, I'm surprised he never killed the dog at Teresa's. To be honest, I'm with very you. surprised about yeah. that. And because it was a German Shepherd too. Yeah. I mean, like he said, like the mom said, like why didn't your dog protect you? Yeah. I'm. I mean, not not, not to, to side with her, but it is kind of shocking. It's kind that of shocking that the dog didn't didn't do, do anything. anything. Yeah. Because German Shepherds are very protective. Exactly. So I mean, there is that. So who knows? Maybe he put the dog in another in a room, room or yep. something, and then let it out before he left. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's the one case I never wanted to read again, and I got to do and it now twice. You're done with it, and though. I'm done, and I will never you ever speak it. his name again. You should burn that. I'm gonna papers. burn it. It's that's happening. We're gonna have a little fire tonight at your house. <laughs> yeah, but no. So I'm sorry to everyone that had to listen to that. Yeah, I will say there are other really good podcasts on this that I listened to, and it, it took me a long time. I, I think weeks for me to to listen to these podcasts because they are so bad. They, yeah. Um, but they're, it's, they, everybody does a really good job of telling the story as best as you can, I think. But I, so I, I encourage people to maybe listen to those or do your own research on them if you want to. I didn't really get too much into what happens with the children and things like that because don't I need to I necessarily. Don't, yeah. And that's not what we wanted right. to do. Yep. That's so, fine. So, I, yeah, I encourage you guys to keep, you know, as always, if you're interested in these cases, keep researching them. Uh, let us know if you get any updates on anything, especially house stuff. We'd love to know what happens to these houses, if you guys know anything. So, oh, ow. Um, but, yeah, that, I'm done. I'm done now. You're you're all set now yep. with that. So, thanks yeah. for well, listening, thanks. everyone. Thanks for that awful story. You're welcome. I uh, You did a good job, but it was awful. Thank yeah. you. Yep, thanks. So, again, uh, we will be having another live show in uh, December. We'll keep you posted on that. Yep. And uh, if you want to follow us on social media, Home is Where the Murder Is. We are on Instagram, Facebook. Are we anywhere else? No, that's good. That's good. That's good enough. Yeah. And then uh, we, you can check out our website, homeiswherethemurderis.com. Yep. And if you have a case you'd like to send us, you can send that to us at homeiswherethemurderis at gmail.com. Yep. Molly's just over there. Yep. Let's Absolutely. be done. Don't want to talk to you anymore. Yep, you ruined my day. Lot. That was a lot. No, <laughs> so, it's good. But yeah, so thank you again, everybody, for listening and for giving us a week off. We appreciate yep. it. We needed Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yep. You're going to need a week off after the hearing. Yeah, this. no kidding. <laughs> so, Sorry for your week off you need now. Right? No sure. So. All right, guys. We'll take care and we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye.